You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You know who is wrong? Eddie House. Eddie House was wrong. Is he though? I don't know. I kind of feel like what he said was pretty fair. No, Tom. That's his job. You know, like Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley don't talk anymore because Mm -hmm. Charles Barkley was just doing his job. I'm not going to take issue with Eddie House. Tom, whenever you attack the integrity of a team that is 1-11 on the road and has 11 wins on the season, you do so at your own peril. So I think Eddie House had a snippet that was thrown into NBA Twitter or Reddit, NBA Reddit, and that was the violation. Commentators say this all the time and they don't become viral. The funny thing is the snippet wasn't that bad. Exactly. He said, they're pros over there. I'm not talking about anyone individually, but as a team, they're not good. They're not on a Celtics level. Zach, you're going to clip that in, right? So we don't need a mean to summarize it. Well, Maze, just make sure we're marking all these spots, right? So we just cut it up properly because I don't, I don't have time this week with the holidays. They got 10 wins. They are still garbage. They are still not <laughs> a good basketball team. They won't make the playoffs. They won't be in the playing game. So, I mean, if if the way the game unfolded was a team came out complacent, thinking that they were head and shoulders better. Yeah, we are head and shoulders better. The Celtics are head and shoulders better. But at the same time, there are proud professionals on the other side. And I'm not talking about individually. They're not good players individually, but as a team. The Magic all cited Eddie's comments as motivation for their performance. And I said, there's no way you have 12 wins on the season. What are you talking about? Motivation. What are we talking about? I honestly don't really believe in that whole 
this guy said something, so now we're motivated at the pro level. I'm sure like it worked for Michael Jordan, right? I'm sure there's certain people, but when they're like, well, we had bulletin board materials, like, no, you're playing the Celtics and they didn't take you seriously. And now you beat them two times in a row. I'll tell you what it really is. If we win, it was motivation. Yeah. If we lose, ah. Yeah, uh, who's Eddie House? I give him 12 with they're 11 and 21. It feels like 12 and 21, though. Mm-hmm. I do like the coordinated Eddie House slap gif, slap to my Lou. I thought that was a fantastic targeted assault by the Magic. That was the most teamwork they've shown all year. Yeah, that's a good callback. I wonder who brought that to the table. Okay, don't forget about the Ray for Austin thing. Don't forget it. Who's the oldest person on the Magic roster that was alive when... Eddie House got slapped in the head. It's actually Paolo Bencaro is the oldest player. He is, yeah. <laughs> Literally the oldest player on the team is Terrence Ross, who's 31. Okay, it was Terrence Ross. Gary Harris is 28, and then the oldest player is 25. I forgot Gary Harris is on that team. Good for him. See, I mean, I've already converted you. You're now saying Eddie House was in the right here. Yeah, Tom, it's called sarcasm. What he said was fine. The Orlando team got in their feelings a little bit, and that's good. We need that. We want that. Like the whole Zion Williamson running up the score dunk windmill to beat the Phoenix Suns, and then they're talking back and forth. I hated that Zion apologized for it. Maze, clip that in again. Just real quick, the highlight. Aren't you producing? Yeah, what? I told you. Maze is going to do the actual editing for me, like the actual process this week, because I don't have time, but I'm still going to give him notes throughout. Gotcha. But if I do it in text form, I mean, now he's got to go back and, all right, does this line up? It's easier if it's just an audio and he can cut that out. It's over. Pels. No, no, no. Get it done. And on the spin and the reverse, the slam by Zion. Can we talk about the anti-Zion, the exact opposite end of the spectrum, which is... You? (laughs) No, a salad. I mean, lied the other day. I love Zion. He's like, Zion's one of my favorites. I is. To make fun of. I love Zion. I love watching him play. Oh, here we go. He's incredible. Also, he runs like a fat guy. He does a... I need a trombone every time he's running up court. But other side of the spectrum from Zion, not a salad, is... What Patrick Beverly did in Phoenix on Monday night. You were there, weren't you? I was there. What happened? Tell the audience. Down 26. He scores on an and one on Chris Paul. Winston-Salem States. Yep. Yep. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Tom, by the way? It's great. <laughs> yeah. Attaboy. And then Patrick Beverly puts his hand low to the ground to signify Chris Paul too little to guard me as they're now down 23 points. I love that. Fantastic. He also, when they were down like 18, got called for a foul and vigorously, emphatically strode towards his bench, twirling his finger, calling for that replay. And I delighted in the sight of the entire Laker bench, ignoring the ever-loving out of him. We're going to mark that. Not even acknowledging, not a blink of eye, not a reaction, not even a look in his direction. I think I'm done with the too small thing. Oh, it's so stupid. Only if it's ironic. Not even if it's ironic. These are the biggest dudes in the world. I wouldn't mind Dwight doing it to Simbular. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah, I'll clip this in. Thank you. Yeah, clip it in with the Taiwanese spectators. I'm not going to assume our listeners don't know Thai. I'm sorry. Okay. That's not what they speak in Taiwan. That's a joke, you idiot. Is it? I'll clean that up. I'll clean that up. (laughs) I think we've done enough cold open now. Wait, what about Wally? We got to do Wally. Zach, can you put in Wally here? No, we're going to do Wally later. I'm going to reshuffle. My assignment. Uncover why the association inspires more conspiracy theories in volume and salience than any other U.S. sport. You've heard of the Illuminati. The truth is out there, but so are lies. Your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. The NBA has always been controlled by about eight people. Denial is the most predictable of all 
all human responses. If you're only using 10% of your brain, you don't even know that you're using 10% of your brain. The NBA Illuminati. If coincidences are just coincidences, why do they feel so contrived? The Illuminati. But you start to follow the money, and you don't know where the f*** is going to take you. It is unspoken. They have influence among other players. The NBA Illuminati. I don't have time for your convenient ignorance. Maybe I'm a conspiracist now as well. That's but all it took. Oh, we got books, we got schools. You saw a video on YouTube. <laughs> Why am I, sir? You've never used them before. We are the basketball Illuminati. <laughs> This is Basketball Illuminati. I am Tom Haberstroh, as always, joined by my five-star generals and the presidents of the Illumination, Amin El Hassan, Anthony Mays, and as always, Zach Harper. We've got a great show for everybody out there who is getting ready for the holidays. The truth is always waiting to be spotlighted the truth is there for the taking and other people are too afraid to reveal what's really happening in the league but not here not on basketball illuminati because we keep our third eye open and if you haven't checked out our instagram page it is at basketball illuminati on instagram at bball illuminati on twitter go follow us on our pages Later in the show, we're going to open up the MVP bar. It is time. ESPN did their MVP survey. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about what's really going on in the back room, the boardroom, not Kevin Durant's boardroom. We're talking about the CBA negotiations, what's really going on on the court, off the court. But first, you guys see the Suns news? What? They sold. Shut up. Neighborhood of $4 billion. Wow. Okay. Yeah, this is going to be a lot like the Kyrie episode that we did. Well, I'm so glad you're here. I guess I am working this week. <laughs> you are listening to The Agenda with Tom Haberstroh and Amin El Hassan. I'm glad we have the blaring intros here for The Agenda. Thank you, Witty, because we have some breaking news on the show. The Phoenix Suns are no longer owned by Robert Sarver. They have sold... According to ESPN, it is in the neighborhood of $4 billion. That's with a B, $4 billion to Matt Ishbia. Who is this guy? Ishbia Smith? (laughs) You know what? Now I'm a fan. (laughs) I don't have to read anything more about him. I'm a big fan. Let's bring back Ish to Phoenix. Let's make it happen. I mean, do you want to get into Matt Ishbia's extensive basketball career? Oh, yeah, man. I was reading this great article about how he thinks that refi mortgages are going to be on the rise coming soon and in it he's described as a former standout for the michigan state spartans basketball team oh i think i remember him yeah he was pretty good right they went to three final fours and they won the championship in 2000 matt ishbia played for those teams he played 48 games and scored a total of 28 points stand out gritty lunch pail blue guy 115 minutes played if you extrapolate that per 40 minutes, he averaged 14 points and nine turnovers a game. <laughs> That's pretty good. But nine assists. Yeah, nine assists, yeah. Not sure that that math checks out. Oh, you're just talking about his senior season. 50-40-66.7 club. Look, man, it's very rare you could get a guy who shoots less than 50% from the free throw line and 
greater than 60% from three. It's tough, man. A lack in the last, and he did it. So this is weird, guys. Mm -hmm. Matt Ishbia, sons, has no hits before today. We haven't heard this name at all, but we have heard Matt Ishbia in connection to trying to buy the Washington Commanders. The commies, mm -hmm. and a couple years ago, trying to buy the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos. Yeah, Roger Goodell said, "Ish, don't think so." But you know what Adam Silver said? Four billion ish sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> Four bills, please. Allow me to throw some more into this because there's a report here from about a month ago where Matt Ishbia claims that he personally kicked in fourteen million dollars towards Mel Tucker's extension. Mel Tucker's the head coach of the Michigan State football team. College football Illuminati coming soon. Zach, do you have time to produce that show too? Yeah, I've got time for all of our Illuminatis. He said this to Real Sports on Tuesday night. This is a month ago. I gave another 14 mil to Michigan State is what I gave. And the reality is 10-year, $95 million contract sounds like a lot right now. In eight years, that'll be middle of the road. It's not wrong. $4 billion? Wow. His net worth, Matt Ishbia's net worth, according to Forbes, is... 5.1 billion, but that is down from 9.7 billion in 2021. Wait a minute. Okay, so we got a guy who lost half of his net worth in the span of a year, has flirted with purchasing multiple sports teams before landing on this one, boasted about giving $14 million towards the contract extension of the college football head coach of his alma mater, classified as a former standout even though he played 115 minutes and scored 28 points over his entire college career. Oh, oh, oh. And he's a Nepo baby, I mean. And he's a Nepo baby. Mm. And the money he makes now is off of refinance mortgages and wholesale mortgages. Dare I say it, man? Don't do it. I think we got ourselves. A look at me, Louie. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Didn't Mays just say that there was no reports of the Suns purchase? There was no leaking about him getting this bid? No linking of him with the Suns. Lots of linking with him with all sorts of other sports properties and throwing around his money and making sure people know he's throwing around his money. Mm -hmm. Doing interviews on Real Sports on HBO. Mm -hmm. Come on, guys. And by the way, Nepo Baby, who makes money in mortgages. Hey, you know where I've seen that one? Walking out the door, his name's Robert Sarver. Yes. And he was one of the biggest look at me, Louis, in the history of basketball, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, that's not the only similarities that this Matt Ishbia has with Robert Sarver. What's he got? A lawsuit filed, different kind of file, in 2021. This is according to nationalmortgageprofessional.com. Lawsuit claims United Wholesale Mortgage cheated execs out of overtime. How? They were required to work more than 40 hours per week, but they refused to pay overtime. They had executives come in for 15 to 20 minute early morning meetings called Dominate at 8. Nice. They were also told to arrive at least 30 minutes early to catch up on emails and prepare for the day but weren't allowed to clock in for work until their official start time. And if they weren't working at least 15 minutes prior to their official start, they were reprimanded by managers often. So Domin 9, not dominate. Domin 9 at 9. Domin 10. When was the clock in start time? That's a good question. I'm guessing 8.30 or 9. Doesn't <laughs> it sound, Tom, a little toxic in terms of some of this work environment? Guys, I got one more for you. Apparently, last summer... 
He required all employees to return to their desks five days a week. That's right. The middle of a pandemic, he said, enough of this working from home shit. Mm -hmm. I need you in the office. Sounds very familiar like a one Robert Sarber who did that at the Suns in the height of the pandemic. Required employees had to come in and work. By the way, while they were working on construction in the arena. So Wi-Fi was out and there was dust everywhere and there was a pandemic. And he had them come in and work out of the office. Every week, Mr. Ishbia said he sees reminders that in-person work is speeding up decision-making and helping employees quickly resolve problems. When asked about it, he said, not one second did I second-guess this decision. Not for one instance. Without question, it's been worth it. Over 500 employees quit as a result of this decision. Hey, Maze, we have some more news from Shams Tarania involving this. If you're wondering where some of this money's going to come in for Matt Ishbia, according to Shams, he's bringing in his brother, Justin, oh. as a significant investor and alternate governor. Also a billionaire. Yeah. Well, what are the odds? Yeah. How did he make his billions? Oh, uh, he just owns 22% of the same company that Matt Ishbia owns, oh. thanks to his dad. Okay. Their parents must be so proud of them. They raised two billionaires. That's tough to do, man. We talk about LeVar Ball all the time, raising two NBA players. Yeah, man. Making billies. Where does he rank Mays on the Forbes billionaire list? Like in terms of net worth? Because mortgage lending, Michigan guy, this all sounds very familiar to me. As of right now, he is number 502 in the world. Not even top 500. Mm. Where would he have been prior to losing that money? He would have been in the top 200. Wow. What a drop off. You know, he should get on the level. Dan Gilbert, number 93, top 100. Wow. Rocket Mortgage. Does not own the Rockets and does not own the Pistons. Owns the Cavs. But these guys are competitors, right? These are mortal enemies. Yeah. There is a lawsuit that was reported February 24th of 2022. UWM sues brokers who still do business with Rocket Mortgage. This is interesting for a variety of reasons. The fact that he played college basketball as a standout while scoring, what, 28 points? Hard to be a standout and a walk-on at the same time. Because that's a lot of stress on your legs. You got to walk on and then you got to stand out. Standing and walking, walking and standing. Mm -hmm. Did you guys see what the ESPN reported yesterday, Baxter Holmes? About how other execs in the Suns are also going to feel some wrath around here? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then the day after they announced, hey, there's a new sheriff in town. Hey. Nothing to see here. We've got a new owner. We're kicking Sarver out. Here we go. Tom, it sounds like maybe you're hinting at the fact that they're trying to sweep this story under the rug a little bit. Uh, now, why would they do that? You know what I love when Tom does when he sees a dot over here and he sees like a completely seemingly unrelated dot over there. They're just far apart. And he draws a line from this dot what? to that dot. And you know what that's called, boys? What is that? Connecting the dots. Mm. That's what Tom just did. He connected the dots between these two seemingly unrelated stories, unless you're looking at them through the prism of your third eye. Hey, it's Kate. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is where the next dot is. I mean, Mays, and as always, Zach Harper, $4 billion. What is that going to do for the CBA negotiations? Oh, Because right now, in the boardroom, in the back room, we just found out last week that the Players Union and the NBA, the league office, have agreed to push back the opt-out deadline for the collective bargaining agreement to the day before trade deadline. So in February. It's not a week. It's not a month. It's all the way to mid-February. And that suggests to me, Amin, I don't know if you have any insight or any thoughts to this, that that bargaining table is not going very well. A lot of tension in that room. They're far apart, right? When you need an extension of time, it's not because we almost got this hammered out. You're pushing it back two months, basically, because you don't have a deal. You're not even close. And the big things when we're weighing all of this, BRI splits are always going to be tantamount. But also, this rash, this scourge across the league, of guys not playing in games, Tom. What are you talking about? You went to Suns. Chris Paul played, didn't he? He's too small. I went to see Suns Lakers. I saw the Suns. Unfortunately, I saw the South Bay Lakers. I didn't get to see the Los Angeles Lakers because AD didn't play. He's hurt. But Russ played, didn't he? Russ played? LeBron didn't play and Russ didn't play. What? And by the way, the Suns, I call them the Northern Arizona Suns, but they don't exist anymore. Chris Paul played. But Devin Booker didn't play. Mm. We had Giannis sitting out games. We got Luka Doncic sitting out games. We got Steph Curry out with an injury. Jimmy Butler, no one knows when he's playing or he's not playing. He just kind of pops up. Across the league, we've got less star players playing in games than perhaps ever before. Yeah, so there's a lot of disclaimers here because of the fact that there's COVID this season a little bit, and maybe in years past, all the numbers are muddied up because of that, those protocols. But the fact of the matter is, is that, I mean, you're right. LeBron's out on second night of back-to-backs. Luka Doncic's sitting out in Cleveland, which Ben McMahon, friend of the program, noted that is the largest population of Slovenians in the country. And the NBA put that game, Dallas at Cleveland, on the second night of a bat. Come on now. Come on now. They didn't get the demographic report, apparently. Right. And so when you look across the league and see all these players, Paul George has been heard. Carl Anthony Towns is going to be out for a while. Anthony Davis is going to be out for a while. Stephen Curry. Why Leonard. James Harden was out for a while. Embiid. I actually went, and this is not, Tom did his own research. We don't have time for that this week, Tom. I don't know if you saw the rundown, but yeah, we'll do it next week. Okay, thank you. This year, 
The stars of today's NBA are playing 76% of their games. 76% of their games. Every four games, they're going to miss a game. They play three and four. And you might be asking yourself, how does that measure up to years past? And guess what? I have those numbers here. I went back to 95. So this is end of Jordan era. Star players. And by the way, star players, Zach, because you're going to want to ask this as the producer, how are you defining star players? Hey, Tom, for the listener, how are you defining star players? Great question, Zach. I'm glad you asked it. Last year, whether you made all-star or all-NBA. Okay. If you're an all-star or all-NBA, so we're grabbing the players that were amazing in the first half of the year and were named to the all-star team, but maybe had an injury, star power, I'm counting it. All-NBA and all-star. This is just for last year? Oh, no. This goes back to 95, Zach. Another great question. Okay. So I can't tell Vooch to eat shit. Right, right. Seems like you just did. No, I can't. Cut that, Mace. Well, actually, leave it in. It'll be a fun little Easter egg for everybody. From 95 to 1999, star players played 86% of their games. In the 2000s, 84%. In the 2010s, 81%. And this year, it is down to 76 So if you're an owner and you're saying, I'm paying Kawhi Leonard $40 million, Steph Curry $50 million, all these salaries for what? Ben Simmons. Zion Williamson last year. And this is one of the big dilemmas or the big points of contention. Great show, by the way. Mm. A great point of contention in the boardroom, the conference room, is the fact that today's star players are not playing enough to warrant these high salaries. And there's this other thing going on. If you keep your third eye open, everybody, two years ago, Michelle Roberts, then the director of the Players Union, said to the press, if private equity happens in the NBA, private equity firms, institutions are now part of ownership circles, I will have players complain bitterly that, wow, we helped create this wealth. We helped create this value. And some private equity guy can come in and I can't. She said the players will be the last to suggest that we want to see the game's value or team's values in any way diminish. But it sure would be nice to be able to go to the party. So we have... On one side of the room, the player is saying, we want a slice of ownership. LeBron James wants his own team. Andre Iguodala, very vocal that players should have a slice in ownership. And then on the other side, you have star players missing more games than ever. And that, my friends, is the impasse. But Tom, here's my question, though. These players want a cut of the pie when it gets sold, but don't they get a cut of the pie when the BRI grows? Isn't that where their trickle down comes from? I'm glad you asked that question. Man, these questions are so good today. It's almost like we prepped. I work really hard on the prep, guys. So you're saying salary cap. A decade ago, where was the salary cap? Okay. In 2013-14 season, it was at $58 million. This year, it's at 123. There you go. Doubled pretty much. Back when $13 million for a player broke the bank. Oh, what a time. Yeah, remember when mid-level... Oh, my God. Mid-level's like $5.1 million, something like that. We're like, I don't know. No, I don't know. Remember that Emeka Okafor non-guaranteed contract? Or is it Brendan Haywood? I think it was Brendan Haywood, maybe. I think it was Haywood, That was yeah. just like bounced around the league. Anyway. The Kings, by the way, sold for five thirty nine years ago. Mm. Zach, I'm so glad you brought that up. Wow, you've been really happy today. Giddy. Josh Giddy over here. The big dog producer's in the chair, you know? No offense to Maze. Did you just call me too small, you piece of shit? <laughs> what the f***? Zachary Beverly. Yeah. We'll clean that up in post. Zach Trick. Zach Trick Beverly. 
The Suns are rumored to have a bidding war that went up to $4 billion was the sale price. Neighborhood. 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 Not the city, not the district. Not the street, not the block, just the neighborhood. Tom, what was what was the Suns' valuation before they sold for $4 billion? You ready for this? $2.7 billion. <laughs> what? Wait a second, but that doesn't really give us any insight. No. What was their valuation 10 years ago, because we know that the salary cap has pretty much more or less doubled. Was it $2 billion 10 years ago? Oh, no, man. You are not in the neighborhood. Double 2.7, so it'd be 1.3? Okay. You are not even in the same county. What? According to Forbes.com, their Forbes valuation was in 2014. Here we go. Not $2 billion, not $1 billion, not $0.9, not $0.8, not $0.7, not $0.6. $565 million was the valuation 10 years ago. Whoa. Do the math, Zach. Plug in that TI-83 and do that math. But that's barely over what the Kings sold for in 2013. Yeah. That's an increase of minimum triple. Minimum. 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 7X. 7? 7X. So the valuation was like five times and the final sale price was seven. I mean, the madness of triple X... With Vin Diesel is one thing. You're telling me there are four more X's on top of that triple X? Yes. Yeah. Kind of like your dating history. I thought of me was going to say that's the side shirt that Zion wears. He's <laughs> well. This is what I love. When you make jokes on my behalf, somehow it's my joke now. <laughs> It'll be your fault. Yeah. Joke like a meme. You guys are sitting there saying, wait a minute, 7X, surely that is the biggest multiplier since 2014. Yes. Surely. It can't get bigger than that. Tom, that 7X has got to be the biggest multiplier. That's the biggest shirt you can buy. What about 9X? What? 9X. 9X. That was the phone company in New York in the 80s, but what do you mean 9X? Andre Iguodala, LeBron James, Chris Paul, CJ McCollum are in that boardroom, either Zooming or physically there with their head executive director of the Players Union. They're sitting there and saying, the Warriors in 2014 were valued at $750 million. And Forbes, this morning, before the Phoenix Suns sold, before it went up from $2.7 billion valuation to $4 billion valuation, the Warriors went from $750 million to $7 billion valuation. What? That's before the rising tide will float all the boats. Yeah, Tom, that's just the valuation. If the Warriors went up on the market right now... Matt Ishbia definitely couldn't afford it. What about him and his brother and his dad together? I hope he has some more brothers like the Waltons, like the Walmart family, because I don't think two Ishbias are getting it done. $7 billion the Warriors are being valued at before the Suns went for $4 billion. And the Knicks, they went up 4X. The Knicks were the top most valued team back in 2014, probably, and they still went up 4X. The Hornets... 4X. They were at $410 million valuation in 2014, and now $1.7 billion valuation, a 4X multiplier. The Pelicans, 4X. Look, the players are making 2X what they were, but the franchises are going up anywhere from 4 to 9X, and that's before the sun. So, I mean, do they need to push back this February deadline even further to like February 2024? Because that seems like a huge impasse that the players are not going to be happy about. Who's they? The players of the league. I mm. think the players are the ones who are going to be upset or up in arms about this and push harder. Whereas the league is going to say, oh, nothing to see here. 
guys, I think we're headed for an opt-out. I don't think we're going to get a deal done by February. What? There's just too much on the table. The vast amounts of money the owners are making on one side, and on the other side, the players who aren't playing. By the way, allow me for my own goddamn look at me, Louie moment right now. A decade ago. Don't give him a look at me, Louie music. No, 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 no. We're not going to do that yet. A decade ago. I got to see what he says first. When Greg Popovich put Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, and Tim Duncan on a plane and said, hey, we're going to Miami. You guys go back to San Antonio for a TNT game. Every single person whipped out their Johnson or their Bean and started vigorously masturbating to the thought of, oh, Pop is so smart. And I was the sole voice that said, it's like being in the dorm and ordering the pizza. And the pizza comes. And when they say, hey, do you have your portion? And they say, no, I ain't got it. And everyone's saying how smart you were to get free pizza. It's only smart until the point where everybody does it. And nobody's paying for the pizza. And now we ain't got no pizza. And this is where we are. This is the logical end that I predicted a decade ago. Everyone's going to load manage. Everyone's going to sit, guys. Everyone's going to play coy and, and, oh, he's a DNP old and all that shit. And what do you have now? You have a situation where the league is spiraling. But go ahead and suck Pop's dick one more time, won't you? Whoa. Please. Please. I implore you. Whipping it out to ordering a pizza? To, to then filleting Pop. Getting popped. To everybody <laughs> sucking Pop's dick? I don't know what type of pizza party this is. You know what? Dropping that look at me, Louie. I mean, earned it. Look at me, Louie. That's how it's done, folks. You all think I'm late. Well, I'm not late. And I'm going to stay right here and fight for this lost cause. Even if this room gets filled with lies like these. And the tailors and all their armies come marching into this place. Somebody will listen to me. There's no better way to overpower a trickle of doubt than with a flood of naked truth. But the complexity and the gray lie not in the truth. But what you what do with the truth once you have it. What is true and right is true and right for all. You and I both know that that's just not the truth. You can't handle the truth! It's too messy. Keeps them up nights. I'm here because in the end, the truth is worth the risk. Speak a little truth and people lose their minds. I'm a grown man. You can tell me the truth. Why is it people who want the truth never believe it when they hear it? So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do something really outrageous. I'm going to tell the truth. The MVP bar is open. Timmy Bontemps, Timmy Good Times, Clickety Clack over at ESPN just finished his survey and released it last week. The 100 media members have voiced their opinions. They have weighed in on the MVP vote. It's a shadow vote. It's a little proxy vote. Top five MVP vote. Jason Tatum got the most votes. And then after that, we got a bunch of other candidates. And I thought it was time to see who's in the MVP bar and who is not, who is in the conversation and who is not. So Zach Harper, welcome to the show. Thank you for letting me get out of my producer chair and into the spotlight of the guest chair. Uh, you know, 100, 100 people asked to do this this poll, huh? but not all of them are actual voters. Where are you going with this? I don't know. Someone who's voted for the last five years didn't get asked to participate in this poll. Oh, I thought you were doing that game show that we were watching in Miami the night before Moss. What's it called? It's like 100 Latinos. 100 Latinos say. Yeah. <laughs> Which is basically Spanish family feud. But don't call it that. Yeah. 
But don't call it that. It's almost like someone ripping off an idea and naming it something else. Hmm. Mm. That sounds familiar. Now, Amin, we have a little history of an idea being ripped off here. Well, I mean, I think we should define the idea first for the people. So the MVP bar started because Zach and I were on the radio. We're drinking. No, we were actually on air. Just one of us. Guess who? We hated the topic of who's in the MVP conversation because we felt like it was a very disingenuous way to talk about who's the MVP. It's like, oh, Kemba Walker should be in the MVP conversation. Are you voting for MVP? Well, no. Then shut up. Don't bring it up then. Right. Like, don't say he should be in the conversation if you yourself refuse to say that he's your MVP. And so we started to think about the conversation as being less about a conversation that media members are having and more about an actual establishment known as the MVP conversation bar. A sacred establishment. They don't let anyone in. No. There are a bunch of people trying to get in. They're standing outside. They're looking around. They can't get in, right? But then once you get in, there is a group of players who represent the actual conversation. They're all at a corner of the bar, right up against the bar. And the guy in the middle who's telling the story. Holding court. That has everyone captivated. That's the guy leading the conversation right now. Yep. And the farther you are from being in the middle of that grouping, the farther you are away from being MVP. A couple seasons ago, Julius Randle had his own booth way off to the side. <laughs> Have my own conversation over here. Yeah. The other way to kind of measure the caliber of how close you are to the center of the circle is by how many drinks you have. So there are some players who have great stories, and they'd be awesome in the middle, but unfortunately, their direct deposit of wins has not hit yet, mm -hmm. and they keep checking their phone. And as a result, they have to nurse their little 18 wins or 17 wins that they have right now at this point. We call that the Luka Doncic. Yes. You're allowed in the bar, but your team's 500. Not quite enough to buy a drink, because you got to have a drink in your hand when you're telling these stories in the middle. So this was something, again, me and Zach came up with this years ago. And it really was in retaliation to a lot of the rhetoric around MVP talk. A lot of your basic lazy, hey, I think everybody should be in the MVP conversation. Why aren't we talking about this player, even though I would never put him on my ballot? Yeah, someone scored 30 points last night. He's, he's really good. How yeah. can I praise him without just saying he scored 32 points? He deserves to be in the MVP conversation. Someone had Tyrese Halliburton in the MVP conversation a couple weeks ago. Not Wally Zerbiak. So we got one point game, 18 seconds left. Step back. Mr. Supposed wannabe fake all-star with the big miss there and then the rebound by randall and then randall iced the game with all the free throws last chance down three for the wannabe all-star let me keep it that way he's in his second year he's a very good player he's not going to make the all-star team a guy like julius randall or jalen brunson will make it over tyrese halliburton third tonight we saw why so we had this whole structure and we've had a lot of fun with it over the years and then out of the blue that fraud dick wright comes up with superstar club and it's basically the same thing except he paid someone to illustrate it for him yeah that's the only difference and it couldn't possibly be our idea because we didn't pay an artist to create something for us that was his defense thesaurus.com mvp superstar okay thesaurus.com bar club and then maybe a month ago or so some other jamoke came out with one, and Nick Wright had the balls to accuse that person of stealing and ripping off, which they did, but not off of you, Nick. Nick wrong. That's the background. Zach, it's time 
Tis the season. We're showing up. Put the bouncer out there. Yeah. Put it out the velvet rope. Roll out the red carpet. Ladies and gentlemen, the MVP bar is back in business. We're open. And who's walking right in? I'll tell you right now. Yeah. Card-carrying two-time winner, Nikola Jokic. He's strolling right through that door. Oh, absolutely. Right through. What is the 40-point... 27 rebound, 10 assists, triple double in terms of the MVP conversation bar. Is that ordering shots for everyone? That's a round of shots for everybody. When you walk up and you don't even say your name, you don't pull out an ID, you don't say anything, you don't have to slow your stride at all. The bouncer grabs a velvet rope, opens it up, and you walk straight in. It's all understood. While a bunch of other people are waiting online, like, well, how come he got to? That's what that is. Is he strolling in on a horse, one of his horses? Tom. It's a bar. What are you talking about? Horses. It's a bar. Not a barn. A bar. Well, when you have 27 rebounds, you can do what you want. No. Another name for a bar? A saloon. They had horses. Okay, but that's not where we're at. We're not at the MVP saloon. Surprised Nick Wright didn't call it the Superstar Saloon. Yeah. Would have been a better name, actually. Would have been, yeah. Here, there's a free one for you to steal as well. Can I just say that for years, Jokic, their problem has been every time he goes to the bench, they get blown out. We think Embiid always has this problem with the Sixers. But Jokic on the floor this year, plus 10.8, the Nuggets are outscoring opponents by 11 points per 100 possessions. When he steps off the floor, it goes minus 14. That's Steph Curry territory right there. But unlike Steph Curry, he's playing every night. So I think he does deserve to be holding court in the bar. I think people a week ago at ESPN, the top vote getter was Jason Tatum. Where is he actually now? that the Celtics are sputtering a little bit. I'll tell you this. I mean, I don't know how you feel. I think he's holding court still, even with the sputtering. Oh, yeah. The sputtering is temporary. He's in there. He's been in there. Now, he's been edged out of the center of the conversation because he was he was in the middle of that conversation. He was. But he's been edged out a little bit, but he's still in that inner circle of people. You know, we talked about this a couple of years ago with LeBron where – LeBron would be on the periphery and trying to get a word in edgewise, but not quite because Steph kept having 50 point games and Embiid did something incredible. And it's like LeBron's getting antsy, like, okay, my turn. So Tatum is in that periphery right there of the inner circle where he he wants to get back in. I'm not done with my story yet. Yeah. He's doing that. I'm not done with my story yet. Wait, but isn't there someone outside or maybe he's inside and he can't get in, but saying like, yo, yo, Jason, Jason, can you get me in? Can you get me in? Who's that? Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is not in the bar. He's definitely outside the bar. Why does Jokic get to get in there? Why am I staying in line? Blowing up Jason Tatum's phone. And Tatum's doing that thing where he kind of checks and just puts it right back in his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> he saw it. He just ain't acknowledging that he saw it. Another two-time MVP is is strolling right in. That's Giannis. Giannis is definitely in there. Yeah. Giannis strolled right in, man. Yeah. Giannis is strolling in. He's not even worried about the conversation. He walks straight to the bar to order his drink. Yep. And then he's going to walk right up confidently towards the center and say, what are you guys talking about? He's not even ordering the drink. He walks in, he points at the bartender. The bartender just starts making, they already know what he likes. They slid it. Maybe we are in a saloon because they slid it <laughs> down the bar. Whoop, and he just puts his <laughs> massive paw out and it catches it right there. And you know what Giannis is doing? He doesn't have to say anything, but he's wearing a Chris Middleton jersey mm. under his jacket. So everyone can see like, hey, this is the guy that's been missing this whole season. Mm-hmm. Does he take, 11 seconds to order his drink or does he get it under 10 now? <laughs> no, it, they're definitely counting as he orders the drink. And as the bartender makes it, they're just counting the, how long it takes to make it. It's always more than 10 seconds. <laughs> Are there any ladders at this bar? <laughs> no, you can't risk it. Now here's a question for you guys. We've got another two time MVP, 
But he's kind of sick. He's throwing up in the corner. Oh. He's been under the weather. It's Steph Curry. Mm. Had a little bit too much to drink. We might have to carry him out. He's drinking a water, taking a round off. They're definitely giving some water now. They're definitely giving some water now. Yeah, but he's sitting down. Someone had to hold his hair so he didn't get throw up in his hair, you know, that whole thing. How long is his hair in this scenario? Well, I know, you know, that's the quintessential throwing up in the club. Oh, 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 oh. Where's Rodney Mott? Is he bouncing and letting Luca in or is he saying, hey, you're not allowed here? Because he just ejected him from a game for like looking in his direction or maybe giving a glancing look. I'm not justifying the ejection, but can we acknowledge that that's an accumulation of years of Luca complaining constantly in a demonstrative way? So this is Rodney Mott getting bad tips from Luca repeatedly and he's cut him off i think so and this is not the first time this has happened luka Doncic has been ejected four times in his nba career and two of those times have been at the hand of rodney mott do we have a joey crawford tim duncan situation now that's the one bouncer that just doesn't i don't care what all these all these people might kiss your ass yeah i'm gonna make you wait out here i'm gonna check your id i'm gonna give you some dress code violations i'm gonna go through the whole rigmarole that's who rodney mott is sorry we're not doing uh, sneakers tonight fellas yeah <laughs> but Jokic just walked in with flip-flops. Not sneakers, though. That's Jokic, though. <laughs> Who he's also thrown out, by the way. But guys, there's more people in this bar, okay? Now, Zach, you'll remember a couple of years ago, Donovan Mitchell went in and was buying everybody drinks with all those wins, right? He was. Him and Rudy were just happy to be in that bar. Yep. And at one point, they actually let him talk a little, but not Rudy. They told Rudy, shut the <laughs> up. But Donovan, Donovan got to say a little toast and then get back in line. He's back. He's back on his own, though. You know what's funny about that, I mean, is when he goes in there, because he's still ordering drinks for everybody, right? He's still trying to get in good with everyone there. Yep. He's going, man, I love the drinks here because when I was in Utah, that's an exact pour. It's a heavy pour here. Yeah. 5% beer only in Utah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Donovan Mitchell in there. And then there's one more guy who's in there. I don't remember. Yes, he's been in the MVP bar before, but... This was perhaps his strongest MVP bar appearance up until he slipped and fell and kind of spilled all over himself. It's Devin Booker. Devin Booker was striding confidently in the bar after he grabbed his drink. He had a pitcher. It wasn't even a drink, a pitcher. That's how much he was doing. And then he slipped and fell, spilled all over himself. He's still in there, but he's got to clean himself up a bit. Devin Booker was having conversations, right? He was, I wouldn't say in the middle of that, but he was chiming in. He was hype manning some conversations that Tatum was having and Giannis was having everything. Yeah. But also interjecting of like, hold on guys, I got to make sure Chris Paul gets home. Okay. He's going through stuff. Cause he was letting him know that Chris Paul wasn't there. And then when Chris Paul was there, he was shooting under 40%. Look, he's studying. He's getting his degree. Come on. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> he's helping him with his homework. His name is Booker. Now I know what you're all thinking. Devin Booker. How did he slip and fall? Well, he didn't slip. Oh, what happened was he tripped over the very meaty leg of one Zion Williamson. Oh, I mean. That's right, guys. Zion is in the fucking building. Wow. Oh, I was just going to ask, what are the bar snacks like at the MVP conversation bar? Because I know somebody's hungry. Depleted because somebody ate them. Come on. But that's somebody. Let me tell you something. As he's walking up, chewing those bar nuts, and he's ambling his way to the middle of the conversation Uh make no mistake ladies and gentlemen zion williamson he's heavy in the mvp bar 
There's someone here at the bar that you haven't mentioned that I'm pretty sure is there, but maybe doesn't, I don't know, want the attention, but also is the coolest dude on Twitter, but also kind of complaining a lot. Mm -hmm. Feel like Kevin Durant is being slept on a little bit. Lurking in the shadows. He's there averaging 30 points a game. The Brooklyn Nets are 19 and 12, surging as of late. Kyrie in and out of the lineup, but like... What's Kevin doing at the bar? This is the thing is KD wants to join this conversation. He's there. He wants to join the conversation, but he's busy checking Instagram, making sure Kyrie didn't post anything today. This is what I had KD doing. It happens to the best of us, right? No shame in this. KD got to the bar early because everyone always lets him in early. Yeah. And then had to take an enormous shit. He was almost about to shit himself. Went to the bathroom, shat. He shat at the bar. Shat at the bar. Gross. <sighs> but now he's emerged. There's no paper towel, so he's having to wipe his hands off on his clothes. This is a little too specific. And he's looking and like, oh, the bar's full already. He's about to make his way over there, too. A guy who was there last year but kept having to leave and come back, he had having to go like run an errand or check his car or put money in the meter and everything was John ja Morant. Yeah. John ja Morant's got to be at the bar now, too. Is he at the bar? Yeah, man. Is John ja Morant at the bar? Jaws at the bar? As long as Ray Acosta's not there. <laughs> you know, Roddy Mott, he's bouncing, and as long as Ray's not bouncing, then Jaws in. Ray is Jaws arch nemesis <laughs> bouncer. Yeah. I mean, he was just talking to a fan courtside. I mean, that's not worthy of an ejection. Come on. I've got a question about someone who, a couple of years ago, was told the bar was at a very different address. One deer and fox. You got the right address. He knows the address now. He can't get a ride. He can't get a ride. No, he's there. He's in line outside. He's not near the front of the line. Nowhere near it. This is the part where Rodney Mott or Ray Acosta needs to walk over and say, man, I'm going to be honest with you, man. It's not looking good. It's not. Light the beam. We got no beam here. Sorry. No beam here. Not going to happen. You need to hit somebody up on the inside who could kind of bring you in or something like that. Mm -hmm. Well, you know how Kevin Durant's team's what, 19 and 12? He's probably looking at the standings and seeing other people waiting in line or at the bar that have a worse record than him. Mm -hmm. But I kind of feel like someone coming in or knocking on the door, Shea Gilgis Alexander? Ooh. He just won a game. He's been one of the most clutch players of the year. He's averaging 30 points a game. This is what I want to say about Shea Gilgis Alexander. He's driving by, and he's looking at the bar, and he's seeing, damn, it looks fun. But also, you know what he's doing, Tom? He's opened up his banking app, and he's seeing the balance, and it says low funds under the wins balance. Mm -hmm. Not tonight. Maybe another night, but not tonight. Guys, did we mention Joel Embiid? We did not mention Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid's got to be in there. Is he in there? He's had some heavy conversations in the past. I feel like Joel Embiid is slumped in a booth with a drink in his hand, derisively looking at all these guys having a great conversation, having a great time, uh -huh. saying, I should be in the middle of that conversation. He's just kind of saying that to himself. But he has to pretend that he doesn't care about being in the middle of that conversation anymore. Yep. He's also surrounded by 50 empty beer cans because he's got two 50-point <laughs> games this year. And all for naught, no one seems to care. Nobody cares. Not really in that conversation, or I guess not really being appraised as someone who has scored 59 and 53 this year. Is he in the booth with James Harden's jersey hung above it he's sitting he's sitting right below that thing yeah the honorary james harden booth yeah which comes with a complimentary bucket of miller lights yeah. is Embiid and kevin durant wearing ben simmons jersey like Embiid's wearing the philly one and then durant's wearing it in brooklyn right same way that middleton's jersey is on Giannis. i've got Embiid wearing 
the Nets Ben Simmons jersey, mm. not the Philly one. <laughs> <laughs> Just trolling. Yeah. Troll God. Troll well. <laughs> All right, so the recap again. It's a very crowded night at the bar. Yeah, very crowded. Is this a fire code violation? This is the problem with early on in the season, you know? So we got Giannis, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, John Morant, Nikola Jokic, Devin Booker, Zion Williamson, Luka Doncic, Steph Curry. That's 11 inside the bar. And then outside the bar, we got De'Aaron Fox in line. Shea Gilgis Alexander driving by, definitely like imagining the day when his big paycheck comes and he's going to go in there, ball in there, ball out, and show everybody up. And Anthony Davis twisted his ankle on the way in. Had to go right back out. <laughs> yeah. He wanted to, yeah. At home. He never left the house. He was getting ready. He tripped over a dog bowl or something. Yeah. <laughs> in the bathroom. I've got someone, because I think we always need someone who has the wrong address. I would like to nominate Carl Anthony Towns oh. as someone who does ah. not have the right address to the bar. Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. Carl Anthony Towns is insisting. No, it's here. You know who gave him those directions? Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert, yeah. Rudy's like, no, I've been there before. I've been there. I've been there before. <laughs> Tori is here, I promise. Donovan took me. Ladies and gentlemen, the MVP bar. Your illustrations, that's how you do it. on scouting reports before, right? Uh-huh. This Joe Missoula Quizlet thing. What is Quizlet? It's not a database. You give it information and it spits out questions? Yeah, I think it's like a study guide app. You can make flashcards or practice tests. It's for students. Students of the game. As someone who dropped out of college, I don't think this is useful. Well, if Quizlet had been around when you were at STDSU, maybe it would have been a different story, Zach. Yeah. I don't think I would have gone to class with Quizlet. What is gonorrhea? <laughs> Is it curable? <laughs> Somebody on Twitter found that Joe Missoula's assistant coach Quizlet, 46 pages worth of notes, scouting reports. They found it on Quizlet.com. And then I think maybe his wife chimed in and said, no, you think he would really do that? Leave his scouting reports on the internet like that? This isn't him. And then it promptly got deleted. <laughs> it was like, oh, <laughs> sure. Now, Tom, why would that get deleted if it wasn't his? I don't know. Keep your third eye open on that one. The Kyle Kuzma one says he's never going to pass. Larry Nance said averages three steals a game. And I was like, he really averaged three steals a game. When was this? And it turns out January 20th, right before the, the Boston Celtics played the Cavs, he was averaging three steals a game. But why would you put that in there as if like that's going to help you play basketball? This is the funny thing for me. I don't know that any of the information on those scouting reports is what I would call something you had to study if you're a coach. Those are the things we put on the board for the players. I've told this Kyle Corbett story a million times. You put the word shooter on every bullet point on his offensive breakdown and on his defensive breakdown, we throw shooter on there as well just to reiterate, this mother is a shooter, don't leave him alone. But like as a coach, I don't know that I would ever have to be like, okay, Kyle Corbett, what's his game again? And that's the level of detail 
in these notes. Larry Nance three steals a game thing is weird. Do you think this was all Brad Stevens is doing? Was Brad Stevens quizzing him and therefore he had to study up? Like he's cramming for the test. I think this is Joe Mazzula kissing ass. Look how prepared I am. Look at me, Louie. Look at me, Louie. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.